everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us is Indie Games Editor Campbell Gill. Well, you're introducing me first for a change? Wow. I, I don't even I, know I, what to do. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I simply had to. Also, also with us is Games Editor Mark Calera. I feel lessened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cameron switches uh, it up one time, and now there's yeah. just... In- Cameron, next time a forever. review code goes missing underneath, oh. you'll, know, uh, you'll know what happened. <laughs> Listen, Mark, I just had, I just feel like I had to knock you down a peg. It's just, let's be, yeah, just, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, mean no offense to anybody uh, by mixing up the order. Just something you have to do every now and then. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta move something back in the order in order to make a change, uh, such as Nintendo delaying the Mario movie. They had to push it back in their release schedule. Uh, how do we feel about Nintendo moving back their Mario movie to next year, 2023? I mean, it made me think of that classic Miyamoto quote, you know. Um, <laughs> a rushed movie is forever bad. A delayed movie uh, will still have Chris Pratt in it and be very <laughs> awesome. So we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> It was oh, funny, man. Cameron, last week you said uh, you saw a Miyamoto picture online, and he said, release that shit. But then I saw one today that said, keep that shit from release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting decision. It kind of makes me wonder, like, listen, production of anything, production of any movie, production of video games, like, it's crazy. Like, any, any number of things could cause this delay. Um, I wonder if it's like a Sonic the Hedgehog movie level of like, oh boy, we really screwed up and we need to push okay, this back. Okay, yeah, that's what you I was what I wondering mean? too. Like, what if they were making this with a hyper-realistic Mario that sounded just like human Chris Pratt or something? Oh Miyamoto saw that, <laughs> started screaming and crying, and they had to delay it by a few months. You know, like, what if that's wonder. what happened? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like, because, I don't know, man, because I was supposed to come out this winter, is that right? It was like for December, I want to say. Like, like December, yeah, December. yeah, yeah. By the end of the year, so it, so it's like you have to imagine they've they've started, you know, like the creators and and uh, executives have probably started seeing cuts of this movie. So it's like it's it's not it's not crazy that like somebody would see a cut and be like, ah, uh, we got to rework a couple things, you know. But I wonder what those things are, <laughs> or it could just be like. Bunch of people got COVID and they had to delay some stuff. Like who knows? Like it could be it could be anything. Yeah. Miyamoto got COVID just from watching a cut of the movie, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, so I, yeah, I, we, no, not much to say beyond that. I I'm yeah. extremely curious to see what this movie eventually looks like. I have not a lot of thoughts on it one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, Nintendo's release schedule has just been giving me whiplash lately. You mm-hmm. know, between Xenoblade <laughs> being earlier than expected, Splatoon being later than expected, and now yeah. this being way later than expected. I don't even know what to expect. The, the, the next the next mainline Pokemon <laughs> game coming out unexpectedly very soon. Like, yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah. Who knows? Who Surprise, knows it came out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, yeah, we, we don't know what's going on with uh, with Nintendo and their release schedule. Uh, but uh, on a, on a, speaking of Whiplash, on a completely different note, um, I know this, uh, and, and also to tie into the theme of uh, talking about things at a different time than we expect them to be talked about, uh, we know next week is May the 4th, Star Wars Day. But we wanted to get all of our Star Wars news out early. Uh, we've been playing a little bit of Lego Star Wars, 
uh, Mark and myself, and we wanted to get some Star Wars thoughts out into the world. Uh, Mark, okay, so let's let's back up a little bit because it's impossible to talk about Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga without talking about kind of the the precedent set by previous Lego games. Uh, before we start recording, Campbell, you mentioned that the Lego Star Wars games were the games of your childhood. Do you want to they talk about that? They were also mine. Yeah. Oh, you, you, the both, I'm pretty, both, pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure those games were just the games of an entire generation, basically. Yes. <laughs> you know? and, uh, because I got to admit, I got to admit, it was not mine. <laughs> so I completely, <laughs> right. completely missed these games. But, you know, think of it. Like, Mark and I, we grew up right when the prequel trilogy was coming out. You know, Star mm-hmm. Wars mania was at an all-time high. There was Star Wars media and all, you know, between books and games and the movies, everything. It was all over the place. And I just sure. played... The, the prequel trilogy Star Wars games, the original trilogy Star Wars games, all of them, both on the original Xbox and on the Wii, I was obsessed with them, you know. Um, loved, I credit them with also starting my, like, my help shaping my current sense of humor as well, just with how wacky they all were, too. So, um, <laughs> I loved what Lego games, absolutely. Did you play Battlefront 2? I did play Battlefront 2, yes. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that was Perfect. fun. Like the, that was probably the <laughs> the classic go over to a friend's house and mm-hmm. just play a game for a while. Yep. Kind of, that was our go-to. It's the game everyone had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was horrible at it. I kept shooting my teammates a lot of the time, but I thought that was fun. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of the game, man. It's all mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. Uh, that is awesome. Um, and, Mark, you, you played a lot of LEGO Star Wars as well? Yeah, I've played every single one of them. I mean, there's only four games in the entire LEGO Star Wars franchise, so I've played all four of them. Is that mm-hmm. true? Yes, there's so the Lego Star Wars. Trilogy. Yes, and then there's Lego Star Wars, like the video there's... game, which was the first one, and then you right. have the complete saga, which was like both both of them uh, together, and they like refine some elements of them, and then you had uh, Lego Star Wars Three: The Clone Wars, which was based on I think it was the first three seasons mm. of the show and the movie. Interesting. Yeah, I did I not know so, they. Yeah. As someone who's watching the Clone Wars for the first time, uh, which Mark, you and I have talked about that uh, kind of off and on over the over the months. Uh, I did not know they made a Lego Star Wars game based on the Clone Wars cartoon show. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's um, funny because the character Galen Marek, who we'll talk about later for The Force Unleashed, is actually in that game as a secret oh, character. Oh, crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you are missing one game uh, in the Star Wars Lego franchise, which is Star Wars Lego The Force Awakens. Oh, uh, yes, right. Yeah, which, right, 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 I right, forgot that they existed. I was going to say, <laughs> yes. inter- interestingly, uh, they, that's they the never only made. one I haven't beaten, which, uh, if you want me to start with that, I think this franchise um, got worse over time. Oh, yeah. It's why funny. Do think, why, do you, why do you think that is? I think the original two were just fantastic. They kept going up. And then the complete saga, obviously, it didn't offer that was like much new, but it helped refine everything that was in those first two games. And then Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars was like, a bit experimental it had like these big like mock battles and stuff and there was just a lot about it that just like didn't work but it was still like a really enjoyable game and then they came out with the the force awakens years later when was that 2015 or 2016 oh i don't know i think 2016 whatever say. year the the movie came out it was the same right. year right, right. and it, it just didn't it's interesting lego games over time have like just stopped gravitating towards me and, like, I think, personally, until this game, I thought that LEGO Batman 2 was, like, the last good, like, LEGO game. It was, like, the last one that I fully enjoyed. Like, I tried the Marvel one, and I didn't like it. Um, and then The Force Awakens was just... 
it just didn't capture me at all. I was like, why am I even playing this when I could be playing the complete saga? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so I my thoughts on this game up until its release were, I, I was curious to see how they were going to modernize this whole LEGO franchise in this game. Talk, talking and, about now, the, the Skywalker yeah, saga. The Skywalker right, saga. Yeah, the Skywalker saga, yeah. And I, I think they did very well in modernizing it. And actually, mm-hmm. this game has kept me hooked from beginning to end. Yeah, so I, I want to I go back a little bit to... Uh, just to talking about like uh, what you guys would consider innovations with the Lego games, because I've I've only played I've only played one other Lego game, which is oh boy, I want to say Marvel Superheroes. The yeah, one that was the one I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. I, I I like knew nothing about it. I used to live with a guy who was like really into the Lego games, and he's like, oh, like it's Marvel, it's Legos, like how bad could it be? And I remember like enjoying it. I didn't play very much of it i played you know a few hours i was like all right like i I kind of get it like it doesn't really do a lot for me but um somehow over the years i have like ended up collecting a few more of these lego games via playstation plus and like you know huge discounts where i'm like well it's like a couple bucks i can i can throw this in my library um but this is the first lego game i've ever like actively really sat down and been like all right like let's let's play this game um I guess I, I kind of want to open with why do you think why do why do both of you think these games like what's what's so appealing about these games like why why do we love the Lego games? I mean, just speaking from my own experience, I mean, I grew up like so many other kids just being obsessed with Lego. So then being able to you know play like see your favorite franchises as Lego creations and stuff, and then being able to conceivably recreate that with your own Legos, right, Mm. was really appealing. And I actually did that a lot, playing the original Lego Star Wars games. I would then try and recreate scenes from the games, you know, as they were represented in the games with my own Legos. So I found it really inspirational and fun that way. Um, But then... Mm -hmm. And that was real. And then throw in the you know silly sense of humor and everything with it too. The accessible gameplay, the collectathon elements where you could collect more characters and everything. It was just a whole lot of fun. Um, but then as I got older, I think where I started to drop off of it was just how the games really started to, aside from the experimentations that Mark was mentioning earlier, they really started to fall into a formula, you know, of just like yeah, here's definitely. your collectathon levels, here's your action sequence, here's your boss battles, so on and so forth. And just it was really difficult to tell one game apart from another in terms of gameplay so that's where i kind of started to drop off and lose that kind of that kind of childlike wonder that i had with them originally so uh campbell i hate to tell you that's just called age (gasps) Um, (laughs) (laughs) no but i I think i see what you're saying to to me that's always kind of been like the the weird like i I was always kind of like i don't quite understand the appeal of these games because they feel Mm -hmm. sort of stagnant to me like every time i've seen footage of any new lego game i'm always like well it looks looks a lot like the other Lego games, but after hearing about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga and seeing footage and watching trailers and kind of being like, huh, like this, it looks, I I don't want to say different enough from the other Lego games, because like at its core, and Mark, I I think you'll mostly agree with this, it's it's a Lego game. Like at the end of the day. It is, yeah, yeah. Right? It is, Uh, yeah. But in a lot of ways. And and, and Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you here because you've put the most time in out of of the three of us. Campbell's put zero time in Um, (laughs) through no fault of his own. Um, No, it's all my fault. (laughs) But uh, but Mark, I think you can speak to kind of the – because there are innovations in this game that make it 
I think, a lot more engaging than something. And again, my, my only experience is, is uh, Lego Marvel superheroes, so I, I can't I can't talk about it uh, in comparison to other Lego games too much. But Mark, you might be able to speak more uh, more broadly on what do you think this game does, this collection of games does uh, more so or better than other uh, Lego games. Yeah, I mean, this game is literally when it says like it's literally an exploration of the star wars galaxy like it's not kidding like you can go to 27 planets in this game and you can fly through space like in between them and each planet has their own objectives to do and you can collect kyber bricks and you go around and find data cards and you're just trying to do your upgrades and there's like a lot to it that just wasn't in the other lego games and it's become more it, it's funny, it's become more complex, yet it's still on a very simplistic level that's easy to understand. I was surprised by how, speak, excuse me, speaking to the complexity, um, there is like full-on skill trees in yes. this game, which, which I was completely not expecting. Like, uh, Neither was I. <laughs> yeah, and I would say in both a positive and a negative light, like one of the things that I think is uh, to the LEGO games' benefit, like speaking speaking of LEGO games broadly, um, is that they're pretty easy to, if you have like a younger sibling or like a friend who's not very experienced with video games or like a girlfriend or partner or wife who you know doesn't play a lot of games but still wants to engage with them, these games are generally pretty perfect for that kind of player because you can just kind of run around there's there's no real like threat of 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 game over like it's you can no matter what you're doing in the game you'll probably wind up doing something fun and mm-hmm. this one really complicates that um like I, I was playing through uh the force awakens uh with my wife who again does not not like a diehard gamer but like still plays games every now and then and uh, even in just that very first, like, going into the Star Destroyer to, to collect, you know, X, Y, and Z, kind of complicated. Like, uh, Ray has uh, all kinds of different moves. It's, it's no longer just like, oh, you jump and you attack and you maybe have, like, a grappling hook. It's like, she's got, like, I don't know, maybe six uh, abilities yeah. <laughs> to, to kind of swap between, which uh, which is cool and and very like oh interesting, but also my wife was like wait wait what, what do I have to do I have to I have to hold down this thing and select this thing from a radial menu like what the hell, uh, which is I think good for Lego games in general like especially for players who are growing older and and, and kind of want something more from their video games, but I think it also kind of works against that kind of pick up and play. Uh, attitude that a lot of these other Lego games have. So I, I don't know, Mark, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? It definitely does in a sense, but I don't think it's like enough complexity to like scare people off personally, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you grew up with Lego games and like you're introducing like your child or whatever, your friend to it. I, I feel like it's still easy enough to pick up and play, but my real big concern with this game is I just don't think the multiplayer works that well. Yeah, because it's, it's it, they've hard, adopted but... yeah they've adopted like a new style so it plays more like a third person action game than yes. more of like an overhead view and yes. it, it kind of complicates things because it's, it's like it splits the screen in half and then you both have like these you know like so much to look at and it, it just feels sometimes a little bit overwhelming to be uh, I, on such like a small amount absolutely. of space absolutely agree yes and uh and not, not and again not that that's like 
a bad thing. Like it's it's awesome that there's like so much going on on screen. Like and we and we should we should pause and say that like yeah, this game looks phenomenal. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Like yeah. Lego games have always had like a fun kind of aesthetic, like a great they're very charming. Um, they, they always know exactly how to translate whatever property into Lego form. And this game, I think, is probably the the best example of uh, of this aesthetic, like ever. Yeah, it's definitely like hyper detailed. Like hyper, even every character detailed. has like Lego imprinted on their arm, like the actual like figures. Yeah, it, it, the attention to detail is really phenomenal. But I how that becomes a, a negative is yeah, exactly what you just said. I have I don't have like a giant TV. I have like a like a like a fifty five inch TV, and even on which is like I don't know. I would call that like a a medium to large TV. I would say, uh, and even on that, splitting into multiplayer, it becomes just almost impossible to read uh, what is happening. <laughs> like 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 things will just be exploding. Like these Lego parts flying everywhere. Bricks are collecting on the screen and I'm like well I, I I think I'm fulfilling whatever objective it is that they want but it becomes a lot more difficult to like okay where am I supposed to go like mm-hmm. what's happening um for, we were playing through uh again going through the, the force awakens that first uh first episode what is that episode seven seven um, yeah going through episode seven and, and we were going through the uh uh where you first meet Han and you're going through his his cargo ship and there's all those tight little hallways where you're fighting the, the what is it, the, the Wrath, Wrath Core? What are they called? Um, Ran- oh, my God. I don't remember. Not Rancor. <laughs> Not Rancors. <laughs> Wrathmar. I don't know. I don't remember the name. Yeah, something with Wrath, yeah. Yeah, the, the tentacle monsters. Uh, so you're fighting these tentacle monsters through these very narrow little hallways. And it's, like, like surprisingly annoying and difficult to navigate, uh, especially when the screen splits in two. And it's, like, difficult to rotate the camera around because the camera doesn't... Like it's what you just said, Mark. It, it, instead of that kind of uh, isometric sort of viewpoint, it's more centered, like directly behind the character, and like, it becomes like genuinely difficult to navigate. And again, it's I don't expect a lot from a Lego game, but uh, I was surprised. But I was like, this, this section should take me like fifteen minutes, and it's mm-hmm. taking me like an hour. <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, yeah, and I mean that's because they added all these elements. Like, it's literally yes. now like a third-person shooter, and they have like. If you're a lightsaber user, there's like these like dodge rolls and blocks and it's right. like so it, it's funny. They've like overcomplicated a game that didn't need to be complicated, but yeah. it works still. That's a great way to characterize it, Mark. Because I was trying to put my finger on it. It's like like I, I gotta be honest, I don't think this game feels great to play. Like to be perfectly honest, it's Ooh. it's not I, I don't like I don't like love it. Um, Cameron hates this game. I gotcha. I really like how it plays. That's fair. Uh, but I think I to me I think it is because again I'm, I'm viewing it through the lens of of like okay the person sitting next to me is having kind of a rough time. So like why is that? And to me I think it's because it's just it's just like that that one level above being like basic enough to pick up and play. Like you do like if I'm playing it on my own, no big deal. It's I'm having a perfectly fun time. But if I'm playing it with a partner who's like not very good at video games. It's like it becomes just that level of frustrating to be like, okay, this is just a little too complicated for like the average, uh, uh, I think, the average gamer to just like have an enjoyable time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, like I said, if, if I'm playing it on my own, it's fun, totally fun. But I think uh, for like for somebody who's like not very experienced, it's just it's not quite easy enough to to be super super fun. I think. Mm-hmm um no it's definitely understand i mean i played it with my brother when i uh first got to play it and like we were having a great time 
but it was definitely a little aggravating at times like how the multiplayer is set up i'll definitely sure. say that but we never you know it never detracted us from the experience which by the way we started with phantom menace and i'm guessing you started oh, you went, with uh, the force I, awakens I, I, I did not i started with uh come on the og baby i started with uh, uh episode a four hope. a new hope yeah gotcha. I started with a new hope because darth vader is my boy and, uh, well, the reason the reason we went with episode one is because when the first Lego Star Wars game came out, it was the prequels. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's so we went in fun. order. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think uh, it's interesting. Like, I, I've okay, so I've played through maybe I don't know an hour or two of episode four, episode seven, and episode one. Um, so like I've kind of I've tried to get a little taste of each. Mm-hmm. Um, I've beaten almost all of them. <laughs> nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting how episode one full on is like, and I mean this, no offense to people who love episode one, but it, I think that uh, that first level of the game really captures just how boring the first chunk of episode one is. I think. <laughs> you, you see, um, I don't even need to have played the game to know exactly what you're talking about here. <laughs> I, oh, I will I, say, I, though, I yeah. It, yeah, it could definitely, with the trailing in the hallway, and it's definitely, yeah, like, yeah. So is it just it, a bunch like, of, like, political drama and stuff? No, it, like, it, it speeds through that pretty quickly, but yeah. it's really, okay, like, cool. it, like, you don't get to the Gungan City for, like, a surprisingly long time. Oh, it's like, oh. Yeah. like, what's going on? Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is they added Campbell. They added like these weird like trailing sections, and at yes. times there's like a lot of dialogue, but at other times they're silent. So like a perfect example in uh, episode two when you're escorting Padme after the ship explosion at the beginning of Attack of the Clones, it's like the dialogue between Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme is like so much fun. But then, meanwhile, it's, like, with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in the first episode, they're, like, almost completely silent with, like, cracking a joke here and there. Yeah. (laughs) You're referring to, like, these are those kind of trailing sequences that you have in modern open-world games. Yeah, like the Assassin's Creed. those in a Lego game? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the the thing. They're very hit or miss because sometimes they're filled with a lot of fun dialogue. And you have, like, the Clone Wars voice actors, like, giving their performances as these characters from the films and doing their lines. And they, like, added jokes in and stuff. And it's, like, a lot of fun. But then it's, like, other times there's not really any dialogue there. So it's, like, an awkward trailing sequence. Gosh. Okay. But, I mean, like, even if they have dialogue and stuff going on, why not make that a cutscene? I mean, that's always just my yeah. view on those kinds of things. I mean, they're so anyway. far and yeah. few. And I guess they okay. want you to yeah. also, like, take a look of your surroundings. Like, it's cool in episode two when you get to go to Coruscant for the second time. And it's, like, the atmosphere is completely different from playing episode one. Because episode one, it was, like, all bright and sunny, like, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then episode two, it's, like, dark skies. Like, the Clone Stormy Wars is about to begin. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's really cool to get to experience that flow of atmosphere. But it's like still these sections probably shouldn't be in a lego game unless if they're doing like the dialogue like the dialogue between padma and Atticon is like just great like i love yeah. all the sand jokes and how they poke fun at the I, whole I, jedi yeah. not liking marriage and it's just funny the, the uh the comedy is great i gotta say like i i know that that's kind of like i i think that is to me the big highlight of these games um 
like, for example, in, in episode one, even though I just like ripped on episode one, like I love when, when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan roll up to the Trade Federation ship. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's him talking to Emperor. It's uh, I can't remember the character's Newt name. Gunray. It's, it's yeah. Newt Gunray. It's Gunray talking to Emperor Palpatine and being and like trying to block the hologram. Like, oh, nothing to see here. Like, mm-hmm. and there's like posters of Newt Gunray and, and Palpatine like hanging out together on the walls. He's like trying to cover those up. Like, it's very funny. Um, yeah, the comedy's great. Um, it's kind the of the voice acting is all great. The voice acting is good. Like, it, it's one of those things where you you want to get voice actors who like sound pretty close to the originals but also distinct enough so that you're not being like oh well it's not as good as so and so you know it's not as good as mark hamill or whatever it's like you want people Mm -hmm. who are like pretty close Um, the guy who does luke does a great job he does a great job he does a great job oh yeah he's very he sounds a little close to mark hamill at times i agree he does he does a pretty a pretty decent mark hamill Um, (laughs) the guy who does han solo though is like perfect like <laughs> that a, is a yeah. perfect harrison ford impression exactly yeah uh but yeah i think everybody does a, a really a pretty solid job overall even even jar jar binks um i gotta say well it's the same um, guy from the movies is it ahmed best really yeah he's been no. vo- he's the only person who's voiced jar jar that is crazy i had no yeah. idea huh. and billy d williams does lando billy d williams oh that's awesome <laughs> wow lando calrissian uh mm-hmm. that is great wow i had no idea um good for them good for them uh yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty fun time uh campbell i feel like you would love uh the skywalker saga um mm-hmm. it's just like especially if you have nostalgia for those original star wars games because mm-hmm. again i feel like i'm kind of missing out a little bit like I, I'm enjoying playing it. Like it's it's a fun time as a Star Wars fan. Like there's a lot of great references and really funny in jokes. But as someone who did not grow up with these Lego games, I can't, I can't help feeling like, well, like all right, like it's a Lego game. Right. But I think Campbell, I think you would probably get a real kick out of out of the innovations they've added to yeah. this game. Yeah, I was gonna say because looking at the trailers and stuff leading up to the, the release of this game, it's always looked like kind of like the the Lego Star Wars games that I played growing up, but reimagined for how old I am now, basically. Um, 52 years old. Yes, exactly. <laughs> at heart, yes. at least 53, I'd say. You know, a little more mature. But, uh, Mark, would you say that that's kind of like a how it feels to play the game? Like it's revised for, for our generation now? Yeah, definitely. With the third-person action and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of the jokes, even, and poking fun at, like, the sand. And, you know, it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. And then... Anakin's all like about that. Wow. <laughs> no, but you have the Clone Wars voice actors doing it, and the performance is just phenomenal. And then you, nice. they like, what's funny is the jokes don't drag on. And even when they do, there's always like a payoff to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of my favorite, like the sand ones, you know, not a spoiler, but when he says that at the beginning of, uh, in episode two, it's not in the way you think. It's like he's waking up from a dream, Anakin, during his nightmares. And Padme's like, oh, has there been sand in your dreams again? And he's like, yeah, but that's beyond the point. <laughs> but the there's one thing about this game that drives me nuts, and it's that they avoided certain story beats, and I think it's a case of trying to do, or having to juggle too much with too little. How, how and do there's you like, expl- explain that. Okay, so actually, I'm gonna pull up. I made a small list of uh story beats that are missing 
Oh, oh my god! And I'm, se- I'm like I'm serious about See, this. This, honestly, because... this is this is why we love Mark on this podcast, guys. Because Mark always say. always is like, let me let me do the deep dive thing to find this, out what's going on. Is this gonna be here. like a listicle on the site or something? Then oh, probably. <laughs> I'll probably make it into a list. <laughs> Top ten so, Star Wars moments. You won't no, and, I, and I'm serious. It's like <laughs> they took out a lot of great moments. So like the palace infiltration as Padme and the guards, like that's missing in Episode One. For Episode Two. Um, Wait, the battle for Geonosis that takes place after the arena is not there. The Wait, battle over that, Coruscant Wait, in that episode was one of my three. favorite parts of the original <laughs> yeah, Star Wars right? games. What? Yeah, we have to blow up the Trade Federation. That was and so stuff. cool. And then the the battle over Coruscant at the beginning of episode three, it skips it, and you immediately fly into the ship. The cutscene is hilarious, by the way, but it's a shame that the battle's missing. And then you... the Tie Fighter attack in episode four is not here. And then I. Haven't listed a few, but off the top of my head, um, in episode six, you don't get to do the Death Star blowing up, and in episode nine, there's no battle over Exegol. Oh, that's very strange. Do you think it's because they don't want to, like, retread stuff they have already made? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> you think they were just, I they mean, were just like, eh, we yeah, like there's, a, there's a lot of throwback sequences and stuff like that. I think it's more right. of, you know, they have to balance nine films and all this side content. And it's like, again, too much and having too little. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Um, I mean, it's, it's weird. So essentially this game is nine games in one so it's like yes. you, you, yeah like right so you have to be like well i guess they and not even there, counting yeah there had to be DLC. some cuts yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but the it's Mandalorian stuff. it's just like yeah with all these dlc characters they have and ahsoka is going to come out on may the 4th with a few other characters from awesome. the mandalorian awesome. but it's just weird that some of these um iconic sequences especially from the original game are just like not here that is strange and also some of the episodes are so short like, they've been mm-hmm. shortened to them. Like, I'm not even kidding. You know, the episode six is, like, five missions. Interesting. And it's, I'm not even kidding. It's literally, um, you have the opening with Jabba's Palace. You have, like, an infiltration scene. And then after that, you do the sail barge. And then you have um, Endor. You immediately go to. After doing like some side huh. stuff, like seeing Yoda for a cutscene, and then you go back, and that's it. There's like no level on Dagobah or anything like that. Interesting. And, that's surprising. And then it literally is the Death Star, and that's it. Well, there you go. Uh, that is weird. Um, yeah, I it mean, just listen. it feels off. Like that some of these are so short, and yet like, you know, like that's supposed to be like the big finale to luke's original story and it's just yeah. like it doesn't feel like a proper closure at times right yeah that is kind of strange i mean listen on the other hand mr this is me being like all games should be shorter i'm like great <laughs> cut it cut it down edit <laughs> I, that I, shit down you know i was gonna ask mark i know you've played a, a good chunk of this game how many hours have you put into it to get to this point um, if you know like a rough estimate <laughs> <laughs> this is like the only one of the only games i've been playing in my free time awesome. so uh i'm gonna say that each episode takes you around an hour or two to complete but the side content there's like a thousand something kyber bricks to collect and each episode now only has like five mini kits per epi- per um mission mm-hmm. which they cut that down mm-hmm. 
so and then obviously you have your skill tree and stuff like that to expand upon and buying characters and doing these little side quests and then you have the space with the missions there so there's like a ton of stuff to do like this game will keep any you know like james you know reviewed it for our website and he called it the ultimate star wars paradise but a collect you know a um, completionist nightmare and that is exactly oh, yeah. what this game is. It's a completionist nightmare uh, of yeah, I always, a thousand I, plus things to do. And then you have <laughs> your like 10 hour, nice condensed story. <laughs> I always view things through the lens of, we, we've had Gerard on the show. I, I always view games through that lens just to be like, well, like here's how I play it. And how would like, how would someone like Gerard or like people who, people who are completionists, how would they view this game? And that like, well, poor man would when be, he gets this here. would be a disaster <laughs> and like i wonder i i'll have to ask him if he's if he's planning on doing this game for the show because that would be a, just a goddamn nightmare um <laughs> i'll have to hit him up about that but uh yeah it's uh it's it's it, it i would say this there's a it is rewarding to find a lot of those um, yes it is yeah you know solving I mean? the, the puzzles and all yeah, that stuff. So the, all, the, all yeah. the little side quests are fun and i love that you can stumble across them without having to like trigger them first you know what i mean like you can you can oh solve yeah definitely side- i yeah. love that like you, you can solve a side quest without having to talk to the npc that that side quest is related mm-hmm. to which is extremely good and the best part is if you've been a star wars fan for years like there is so much like good dialogue that pokes fun at everything like oh, i don't yeah. know if you caught this camera or if you even got to see it but the max rebo side quest after you first see him on the sail barge is actually no. like poking fun at robot chicken where he awesome. um it's the little clips where he survived and then he has to get the band back together <laughs> that rules no i missed that one that's awesome yeah um that's awesome i love and he even has like the same voice type yeah that's great there's a lot of really really like very niche <laughs> jokes references yeah references and jokes kind of sprinkled throughout memes, and there's like, even references to like the voice actors some of their work like adam howden who voiced shulk is in this game and there's like oh, no. jokes to xenoblade wow that's crazy i had no idea yeah which oh, lego man. games have had a bunch of easter eggs in the past like i think it was um i think it was like the Lord of the Rings or Lego Batman, you could actually like hide in Snake's cardboard box in like one of the missions. That's I will awesome. say I did see the Xenoblade reference going around on Twitter. I can't believe that they actually put that in this game. That's well, amazing. Well, I think I, and I, it's kind of zooming out a little bit. I think that's one of the great things about not not just this game, but like Star Wars games in general, is that they always they do feel kind of like love letters, not just to whatever franchise they are Legoizing, but like games in general. You know, like there's always like oh definitely always, yeah, yeah, which I think is very very fun and cool. Like I, I I'm glad that they're mm. continuing that trend. But for a Star Wars fan, it's like it's really funny looking at how they poke at stuff that's like no longer canon or like fan theories. Like there's a Darth Jar Jar joke, and it's like you would yes. never expect that in this game. Awesome, that's awesome. Um, except that we would expect it because this is what they've been doing for years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really cool. That's fun. Um. So yeah, it's it's a fun game, uh, especially if, if you're a fan of Lego games. If you if you grew up playing these games, if you love Star Wars, even if you're not like a diehard Star Wars fan, if you even if you're kind of like you know maybe you don't love the, the sequel trilogy or like you think the prequels are dumb or whatever, like there's still something to latch onto here. Like there's enough. They're, they're having fun with it. They don't take it too serious. Like it's it's a pretty it's a pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable time. I will say, and they poke fun at the plot holes in the that's movies. What I'm saying, or like yes. stuff that people don't like. 
Like, especially yeah. in, uh, you know, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah, the amount of yeah, times yeah. they poke fun at them. Especially with the, the Rise of Skywalker with the knife is, like, the Death Star rim or whatever. Yeah, that's like, the way, so funny. The way they joke about it in the game is just, like, really funny. That is great. Uh, but, but what I was going to say was... Um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Um, you ever have a thought and then it just just disappears from your brain? My life. That's my life. <laughs> ah, shoot. Well, it can't, it can't have been that important. Um, but, oh, here's what I was going to say. Was one thing I... Okay, Mark, I need your opinion on this. I think the space combat and the flying in this game is bad. How do you feel about it? Um, I wish they expanded upon it more with, like, upgrades yeah. and maneuvers and stuff. But I don't think sure. it's bad. I think it's, like, you know, it's not like you're spending all a lot of time in space... Sure. So I, I think it's fine for what it is, but um, I will I, say I, the whole yeah, game like in it. general. <laughs> yeah. The whole game in general, the more you get um, the upgrades with the Kyber Bricks, mm-hmm. the more enjoyable it becomes because you can get like faster agree. speeds. You could skip yes. over puzzles, like the annoying, like the astromech puzzles that are like, click this button pattern. It's like, yeah. like I don't need to do this 82 times. And it's like, it's you don't. Funny. If you so... get the upgrade, you could skip it. So as like a game design thing, like that is some BS. I gotta say, like if you can get an upgrade that lets you skip the mini game, then it's like, well, why have the dang the thing in yeah. the first place? You know what I mean? Like that's like. But they come on. they do give it purpose. So it's like if you do yeah. get that upgrade and decide to skip it, it's like, well, if you skip it, you don't get any studs. But right. on the other hand of the upgrade, if you do decide to play it, you get some special studs from uh, you know, doing the little uh whatever the hell it may be from the Astro. Right. I, I, I just want to say, I just want to say, I think you both are a couple of special studs and I'm happy to <laughs> podcast it with you. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Skywalker saga? I know we can, we can continue talking about this game for a long time because it's a huge, huge video game. And maybe, maybe we save a little, put a little something in the tank for, uh, for the, for the next time we need to fill some content, but anything mm-hmm. else you want to say about uh, the Skywalker saga at this moment? Uh, I will say it. I thought they, um, the prequels were the best part about this game. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it, and again, like it's something that something that we like that is I think indisputable is that the prequel trilogy has some really incredible art design. Mm-hmm. Like re- regardless of what you think of like the dialogue or the acting or the plot holes or whatever, like some of the art direction of those of those movies is really incredible, and the way they translate that to Legos is pretty freaking cool. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, but the Gungan City is awesome. Oh yeah, game. definitely. Yeah, it's like legitimately stunning. I was very pleased with that. Um, so yeah, like there's 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 a lot to uh, to love about about the uh, how this game looks and how it plays. Um, it's a great game, Campbell. You should play it. it, it maybe I mean I don't know if you want to buy it um, on launch. It's a pretty you know it's a brand new game. It's still pretty expensive. But how does it play on Switch, Mark? Um, I cannot speak on that behalf, oh, but I oh, know a lot right. of people who <laughs> have played it on Switch. <laughs> no, I played it. I played it on PlayStation Five. But the big gotcha. difference between you know all these versions is, of course, like graphics and frame rate. You know, frame rate. It's like on right. Switch, you get the 1080p 30 frames. It's a lot less detailed on PlayStation Five. You get the you know HDR, whatever the hell. But right. it's the same game. I've been actually like looking at threads online and I will say the one thing about this game that every version has in common is there are a few um, annoying bugs that can oh, appear sure. during like loading screens yeah, and it's really 
frustrating and i can imagine that that would be more troubling for switch users because the load times might be a little longer so like for example um i got stuck in hyperspace like twice during a loading screen it just like completely glitched couldn't get out of it the only way was to restart the game and i can imagine someone on switch <laughs> sitting there for like a minute and being like okay now i know that it's glitched wow you know that's uh, yeah that's uh you know that's important <laughs> But it is like one seamless, uh, you know, sort of seamless game for the most part. So I like, I'll give some of the bugs a pass. They are working on fixing all them and they keep dropping updates like almost every few days. So they're clearly working on it. But um, I, I think, well, here's the thing about this game. It got, del it got delayed like eight times <laughs> and I'm not even joking. Yeah. I don't know. Cameron, did you buy it physically or digitally? Uh, digital on Xbox. Okay. So I was going to say, if you picked up a physical copy, um, inside the case is a slip promoting Lego Star Wars sets. And when the sets oh, were funny. supposed to come out, this is free COVID sets, mind you. Um, they had codes in them to unlock characters, which is what everyone's posting about online. Like, here's the code to unlock, you know, like holiday special Chewbacca or like whatever. Right. So it's funny because those were included in those sets. And then meanwhile, it's like now you look at it and it's like half those sets are no longer available on store shelves that they're oh, advertising. Wow. So, yeah, this game got delayed and then COVID hit and then it got worse, the delay. And it's finally here. Like I, I didn't open. I got the uh, the deluxe edition. So I got like the Luke Skywalker, the blue milk uh, poly bag with it. And I haven't opened it. I don't know if I will. But uh, I heard from people online that every single Lego set that is in the small um, instruction manual that's in that poly bag is like no longer on store shelves. They're all completely wow. retired and there's no way of getting them if you wanted any of them. Yeah. What a, what a weird um, kind of artifact of the times. Like what an interesting reflection of uh, the times that we live in. Um, we should table it there for the Skywalker <laughs> saga because we got more Star Wars to talk about. So we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna talk about some Edge Lord shit. So hang on. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> talk about the real uh, Star Wars game that's been 
just eaten up all of our time and attention lately. Uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which is a game from, oh, like a decade ago, I want to say? Mm -hmm. Almost 15 years now. Oh, my God. Uh, almost 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> recently, a port came to Switch. Is this, an, is this an Aspire port, Mark? Yes, it's Aspire. It's got to be. It's got to yeah. be. Um, so Mark reviewed this for the site. This is the so the Wii version of this game got ported mm -hmm. to Switch. Yes. So That's it's right. interesting. Star Wars The Force Unleashed was part of that phase where, like, every developer was trying to put every friggin' game on, like, every platform possible. Yeah, so this game yeah. went to DS, PSP, 360, PS3, Wii, PC. I think I'm missing, like, two. <laughs> oh, my, I re oh my like, gosh. I, yeah. I, remember, I remember the PSP version. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow, you just unlocked it. Uh... A distant memory there. That's wild. Um, I did not but know there was a this, DS This version. game was... Uh, yeah, the DS one's horrifying. Don't I'm play sure, that one. I'm sure, I'm sure. But I can't even imagine. <laughs> this, uh, this game is interesting in a way that when it came to next-gen consoles, they changed a lot about it. And it's actually like an entirely different game between the 360 and PS3 and PC versus the Wii and the PS2 and the PSP. And then the DS thing, we, we all try and forget about. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in what way? In what way would you say it's completely different games? Um, the cinematic direction in the PS2 and uh, Wii version is arguably more like the uh, the George Lucas films. P PS2? PS2. There's a PS2 version of this game. Yes. It was originally PS2 and Wii. No. It is on PS3, but it's a different version. I'm shocked. I'm shook. Yeah. Why is this so confusing for this one Star Wars game? Because it was that multi-platform phase. Yeah. I guess so. Wow. That is wild. But, um, yeah, so the PS2 and Wii one has, like, a cinematic direction and music from, like, the prequels and the original trilogy. And people say that it's more... It feels more like Star Wars. And the next-gen, next-gen, if you called it at the time, felt more like a gaming experience. Mm-hmm. So in the Wii one and the PS2, you know, the the lightsaber combat was a lot lighter and things were a lot floatier. And obviously it was a right. lot less technically advanced. Um, you know, they I don't want to say they dumbed down a lot of stuff because it was because of hardware limitations. But it was, uh, in a sense, it was a dumbed down version of the PS3 and Xbox version. Or, right. or so that's what a lot of people thought. But if you compare the two, they actually also have different content. There's actually levels that are exclusive to this version of the game versus the PS3 and Xbox 360 one. So like even the opening, like the design layout of Kashyyyk when Darth Vader lands on the planet, like in the PS3 one, it's daytime and it's different how you're going around the Wookiee city versus mm -hmm. the Wii one where it's nighttime and it starts with like the typical space opening of like the camera falling down from the opening oh, crawl. Wow. So that's why people say it feels more like the George Lucas films. That's fa I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, also, we, we got to say, um, that opening where you're playing as Darth Vader is storming. Awesome. You, oh, <laughs> my God. That's the hypest I've maybe ever been in a video game. Um, because here's the thing, guys. I love Star Wars. I think Star Wars is great. Uh, grew up with it. Very nostalgic, like, feelings for Star Wars. But also, whenever I'm watching, like, anything Star Wars related, I'm always like, man, use the Force. Like, what are you doing? Use the Force. <laughs> and you know, what get, you know what you get to do in this game all use the, the time? Force. Is yeah. Use the Force. Like, Unleash Campbell, the Force, if you will. Campbell, have you played Fallen Order? Uh, I have not, actually, no. Okay. 
so okay, Fallen Order, beautiful game, very Star Warsy. Uh, you know what you can't do in Fallen Order is just fling <laughs> fling dudes off of a cliff using the Force at any moment, or pick uh, one up and slam one into the other okay, and make I'm them both falling. I will say, you guys are unlocking your core memory right now because I remember when I was like however old I was when it came out on PS3 and 360. I I went to like Best Buy and I played the demo right, and yeah. there's this one scene where you're at like infiltrating the station. I don't remember what it is, but like there's just a guy walking down and you're just like you're like like mind control him or something but like i do not want to be here and then he just jumps out a window and i remember <laughs> playing that, and i was just like oh my god this is the greatest game i've ever played yeah. well it's like like never in any piece of star wars and again referring to the, the clone wars which i've been watching a lot of lately so many goddamn battles could be solved by obi-wan using the force to throw a dude out a window like it's crazy <laughs> and you can just do that in this game like it's wild um all of your abilities are are oh, uh, the one thing i'll say is um okay so c- c- i guess we could talk a little bit about, about the plot of this game is that is that okay yeah do you want me to I, basically yeah, please. Sum it up? Well, why don't you give a little give a little a little summary a little wikipedia summary yeah, so you play as a Darth Vader's secret apprentice, and this takes place um, like a year before A New Hope, and yeah. the idea is that Darth Vader is attempting to raise these apprentices to overthrow the Emperor before like giving up hope and being like, in the original trilogy, how he's like, oh, I must obey my master and all that. So this is like the beginning of that phase where he's starting to, he's just angry and sees his mistakes. And so he's raising um, this kid that he picked up from Kashyyyk after killing his master. And he basically like kidnaps this um, Jedi Padawan and makes him into a killing machine. And so the game is literally about training to eventually defeat the emperor. So, Mark, that is a fascinating read on the plot of this game, uh, I gotta say, because uh, you, you're being very charitable to uh, to Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> Darth, Darth Vader, uh, uh, as you said, he's he, basically the, the the arc of this game is it's it's post Order sixty six. Darth Vader is is hunting the remaining Jedi and just mm-hmm. wrecking everybody he sees. Um, so he comes across a, a Jedi on Kashyyyk, totally murks him. And in the process of doing so, <laughs> finds that his... Kidnaps his, his kid. Well, he kidnaps his kid. He, he discovers that his child has force potential. So he's like, huh, what if I stole this child and <laughs> uh, and trained him in the ways of the force? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as as uh, the, the the newly christened Star Killer, which... Like, can we t- can awesome we name. <laughs> awesome name. Awesome eye-roll-worthy name. Uh, Star Killer... Vader is sending you on secret missions and his only his only directive is leave no witnesses. So if it's doesn't matter if it's stormtroopers, doesn't matter if it's Jedi, he's like I don't care who you have to kill, just, just make sure they don't see you. Make yeah. sure they don't see you so it can't be traced back to me. Uh which is the best. It's it's simply the best. Um So yeah, Star Killer's going around just utterly wrecking dudes. Your first few missions of the game are um, are again you're, you're you're hunting down Vader's testing you. Hey, you need to hunt down these Jedi, and uh, see if you're strong enough. And once you do that, it's like, all right, now we're gonna try to take on the Emperor. But of course, you know things go sideways, and 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 the plot develops from there. Uh, so I've been playing a I I bought this game I bought the 360 version of this game the Xbox 360 version, and I've been playing it on my Series X. So I'm playing like the upscaled version 
of the 360 you original. lucky devil. <laughs> it's interesting. So, uh, so far, I gotta say, this game has terrible checkpointing. Yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's uh, one. Of, it's a product of its time. It's in, very much a product a of its of time. Sense, yes. I, that junkyard level, I must have replayed that junkyard level like seven times. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Uh, so... I, I, the one thing I, I'm not experiencing at all is any of those motion controls. So uh, does that... Mm-hmm. That's what it, made the Wii version special, and a lot of people yeah. love the Wii version because of the motion controls, because when you actually throw your Joy-Con forward, it's like Starkiller does his force push, and when you hold That's up awesome. one hand, he does lightning, and it's like the way that you swing the controller, he'll actually swing his lightsaber, and it's like That's perfectly... Um, what do you it like perfectly aligns with your own movement like the motion controls in this game is one of the best on switch that i've ever seen and it was great on the wii too so i I forget did you play skyward sword on the wii on the switch or not skyward sword (laughs) uh Uh, yeah what a game uh yes i played on the wii and it was a disaster (laughs) right well what about the switch version the switch version I just bought it last week. God. I'm not even kidding. I haven't played it yet. Played it. I'm excited to play it. You've got to yeah. play it just so you can compare it. Because hearing you talk about motion controls for the Force Unleashed just kind of makes me think, like, you know, the Switch version of Skyward Sword is, for me, the gold standard for motion controls mm-hmm. of, like, sword play at this point. So, like, interesting to see how that could compare then. Because I'm just imagining Skyward Sword if Link had Force powers, which yeah. is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's also, it's really well mapped, just the whole thing of it all, you know? Right. And it's like yeah. what, like when you're using the force and you like pick up a stormtrooper and throw him. Like you can't see what I'm doing now, but it's like you literally just move your hand where you want to throw him while clicking the button, and he flies in that direction. Mm. That actually kind of sounds great because uh, one of the things like, like I'm enjoying the hell out of this game. Um, I, there's definitely some stuff where it's like, oh, this this is a game from 15 years ago. Like everything, the the, the uh, there's some levels that are very brown. Yes. Like, this is this is this is right around that time when uh, next gen consoles. I mean, I'm saying next gen in quotes, like Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, where it's like everything's got to look really like textured and gritty, and it's like, well, that turned out that it was a lot of brown. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the only game that think, did it right was like Metal Gear 4 and Uncharted. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's like there's just a lot of things that are like is it's very difficult sometimes to tell just like mm-hmm. what you're looking at on screen is like it's a wall of brown. Um, but I, 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 I'm having a fun time overall. But I, I do, I feel like I'm maybe missing that motion control element because a lot of times I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm force grabbing guys and, and hucking them off of the, you know, hopping off high, high cliffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not going exactly where I anticipate that they would go. And I think that might be just a, a product of the dual stick uh, mm-hmm. controls that they were trying. Well, to I'll tell, of... I'll tell you one thing, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If, if you really like the game on 360 and PS3. Yeah. I think this is a great game. We'll talk about oh. the discourse around it in a little. Oh, but yeah. we gotta, I we think you should that, yeah. absolutely also play the Wii version in the future, really? which is now the Switch version. Which is now the Switch version. Once sure. you beat the uh, PS3 and Xbox version. Yeah, okay. All right. Because it's a completely different experience, just like control wise, and even like some of the story where Starkiller goes and the planets he gets the step foot on and the level design. Like, it's all actually worth playing these two separate versions interesting yeah i'll have to i'll have to give it a shot does the force unleashed uh for switch include the i mean again i'm, I'm fortunate enough to be playing the uh 
Ultimate Sith Edition from the <laughs> Xbox 360. Well, the Wii and the PS2 didn't have DLC. So, uh, no. There it go. does not have those uh, the three the DLC Hoth. levels. Yes, There's the Hoth some, and Tatooine yeah. and um, they're, they're, uh, the Jedi Campbell, Temple, I think. Gil, yeah, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. But, uh, Campbell, the, the DLC for this game features some kind of like alternate universe Star Wars stuff where... Mm. Uh, Starkiller, I don't think this is a spoiler to say because it's all it's all non-canon anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where Starkiller usurps Darth Vader and becomes the Emperor's new apprentice, and so uh, the Hoth battle takes place, but it's Starkiller instead of Darth Vader showing up, and this oh is all, all this crazy shit. Uh, pretty pretty wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this like a semi-official Star Wars fanfic? Basically? Well, here's the thing, Campbell. This was actually the first canon Star Wars video game at, at um, its time when George Lucas was running the show. Oh. So this, it was funny, this um, Galen Merrick eventually, before Disney figured out their, you know, recanonization of the entire Star Wars legacy, they actually wanted these characters in um, Star Wars Rebels and those shows. And that's why Kanan in that show actually looks like um, a Jedi that you get to meet in this game. There's like a lot mm. of inspiration from there. And then the Sith Inquisitors and stuff like Starkiller was actually supposed to be one of them. Oh, that would be awesome. Mm. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> There's still time. I have, I have hope that they will eventually bring him back. Yeah. 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 That would be sick. Um, interesting. I mean, let's, let's get into it. What, so, okay. Mark. There's yes. been a little. There's been a little discourse. Yes, like Nintendo discourse. Life's five out of ten on the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about it. So, okay. So, I Listen, not first read... of all, I just want to yeah. say one thing. I got to play this game um, almost like two weeks early. Thank you, Aspire. By the way, they provided me with a review code. A Aspire's lot of reviewers. Great. Yeah, yeah Aspire is great to us. Their their PR yeah. is always great to us. We a like lot it. of people didn't check out the motion controls for their review for this game and that was the defining aspect of the wii version and it almost like it makes me think that they judged it like i see a lot of reviewers comparing this game to like jedi fallen order and that's more of like a souls type of star wars game and this is like a third person action adventure Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah it's just it's it's very extremely different from, from yeah. uh, Fallen Order. Fallen Order is more of like an action RPG. This game is more of like, I think of it as kind of like an arcade game. Um, it it's, is. It's, yeah. it's extremely fast-paced. You're you're running around. It's very action-forward. Like, you're running around. You're, you're blasting guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like very cinematic, as you alluded to earlier. Like, yeah, I, I would say this game is, is more arcade-y than it is like like a deep involved uh, RPG, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of criticism around this game for how it betrays Star Wars, but that was sort of the point with it. It was supposed to over-exaggerate yeah. the Force. That's yes. why it's called the Force Unleashed. Unleashed. It was supposed to be like um, like Gendy Tartakovsky's original Star Wars cartoon yeah. from the early Still 2000s. Yes. Yes. And I, I just don't think a lot of reviewers today we're grasping that because I'm seeing like reviews for this game that are like two out of five and five out of 10. And like, even I saw three out of 10 from one outlet and I was reading all the reviews and I give this game an extremely positive glowing review on the website. Cause I still think it's right. a great game. It has its problems, but again, it's a 15 year old game. Aspire. We already know the deal. They bring over a game, they make it HD, they up the frame rate. You know, they, it, it's not like 
I, I just don't re- understand. Yeah, 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 they're not rebuilding the entire game from scratch, and I just don't understand what some reviewers or fans were expecting because we knew from the announcement trailer it was a port of the Wii game, except it's in HD 60 frames this time around. So why would you compare it to Jedi Fallen Order? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, an, that's an insane uh, expectation to, to compare uh, a game from 15 years ago to a game... Mm-hmm. That is developed specifically for the PlayStation Four, and, the and like 4. I don't mean to call out any reviewer, you know. Sure. I, I feel bad, you know, taking a dump on the Nintendo Life review, which I love sure. their site, but yeah. the review is a bit um, incompetent towards the entire situation of where this game has come from, mm-hmm. and like I I think the reviewer even compared it. He called it like the Shadow the Hedgehog of Star Wars, and it's like yeah, this game. Yeah, I mean, well, he gave it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Shadow of the Hedgehog is a, not a great game, but that's exactly what makes it one of the greatest games ever made. You know? <laughs> no, no, Campbell. Campbell. Campbell, Sonic Talk was last week, okay? We're on okay, Star Wars Talk now. Mark mentioned the analogy, okay? So I just had to hop in there with that. But, like, but it's like the edginess of the plot. Like, listen, the plot does have, like, some problems. But again, it was like a Star Wars game from 2007 or 8. And it's like the discourse that has come out of this game over the years is like incredible because some people are like, oh, it shouldn't have over exaggerated the force and like the plot. Like, why does Darth Vader have an apprentice? And it's like, I, I feel like it all makes sense unless if I'm like misunderstanding well, I, something. I, I, to, to me, what makes the force unleashed great Um like, here's the thing. Like, I think maybe people get a little too precious about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes The Force Unleashed great is, like, what if Star Wars... What if they went crazy with it? <laughs> it? Like, and, and that that's mm-hmm. what makes it awesome. Like, like everything is hyper-exaggerated. And I don't know if that's what they were going for at the time. But No, like, that's what they were going for at the time. I think so. Yeah. Like, you're, like, like, Campbell, to make it clear. So, you're, you're Darth Vader's secret apprentice, right? Uh... Your character has force lightning like right out the gate. <laughs> like like the emperor's ultimate power, the force lightning. This dude has it. He just has it. Like it's wild. Uh, it's mean, like that's 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 where the game starts, okay? So by the end of it, you're doing your you're powerhouse. Pulling, you're yeah. a pow- you're pulling star destroyers out of the <laughs> fucking sky. Like it's wild. Um and and like it, it, to me, it's like that's what makes like that's what makes it so cool. It's like, yeah, what if you were just this unbelievably unhinged, powerful character, and the power fantasy is so strong, and not a lot of games do that. Like Shadow of um, the and that's what makes it really cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from what you're describing, it sounds like an absolutely extraordinary gaming experience and exactly why you play games to be able to pull Star yeah. Destroyers out of the sky. So, like, I I will tell you, Cameron. There is a sequel to this game, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed Two. Yes, and yes. it's it's very bad. Is it really? Yes, like it's bad? it's Not a like genuinely bad? like it has it's like it's the same type of gameplay. There's some annoying new aspects to it. You do get the wheel two lightsabers because it has two in the title. That's right. But, too. <laughs> but wow. um. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it's a mess, that sequel. And it's nowhere near as memorable as the first one. But I think that game has also kind of 
degraded the legacy of the original title. That's fair. Yeah, sometimes a game can be tainted by its uh, by its successors. Mm-hmm. Referencing our our Sonic conversation from last week. Yes. Um, do you know if Aspire? I'm, I'm assuming they're going to make a port of Force Unleashed two for for Switch. Do you think they're going to do that or no? No. I no, is, is, is highly, it, highly doubt cause, it. Because there was never a Wii version, right? That game was There developed. was, and it's a it's a bigger disaster than the PS3 really? and Xbox 361. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> you, like you want to look it up for like the comedy. Wow. It's it's insanely under budget and just like you okay. knew they were like cramming this thing last minute to be the multi-platform release. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Well, I guess I mean who knows? We could always listen for for research purposes. I would love <laughs> to play like a busted port of this of Force at least two. Like, give it to me. I, I'll, I'll play it. Like, I don't give a I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is another. You know, we talked about this with Republic Commando and Knights of the Old Republic, and I'll say it again. Like, even though it's not canonized anymore. I still right. think this is a great Star Wars game. Like, I yeah. still think this is a lot of fun and worth going back to. Yeah. Like, even for its flaws, like, for, like, $20 on the eShop, like, listen, I, I think it's a perfectly well-worth-it experience. I, I paid more than $20 to get a used copy off eBay. So for, for $20 for a digital version, like, absolutely. it's it's mm-hmm. a st- Dude, that, the opening level alone, to me, is worth $20, I think. <laughs> like, just being able to be Darth Vader, the Imperial March is blasting as you're as you're just slicing slices and a half like are you kidding me it's unbelievable ah i'm sorry i'm too excited about Darth Vader. um it's it's really good the one thing good. the the wii version also has is um a dual mode which um oh fun yeah it's it's the same regular controls of the single player except there's more of like an isometric uh view to the battlefield and you can play as like different characters and is it kind of um, like the boss fights yeah, it's basically that, except multiplayer. And you each play a character. And they have, like, a bunch of characters from the prequels and the original trilogy. And they oh, even have, um, I think, Asajj Ventress and someone else oh, from Clone Wars is stuck in there. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it has a good mix. I mean, again, it's a product of its time. It's, like, it, it's not, like, that great of a mode. Because also on the Switch's small screen, like, forget it if you were to, like... You know, I always think of Switch multiplayer as like sitting on an airplane and pulling out each Joy-Con next to someone. It's like this, no freaking way you're going to be able to play this multiplayer like that. Like, it's again, it's a product of its time. It's like, it's a bonus. It's a product of its time, but like you said, it's a bonus. It's nice that it's there. Like, even if it doesn't add. They they didn't have to put it in. Yeah, but it's still there. Yeah, It's not like a substantive ad, but it's there. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny they took all the effort made for that multiplayer and you may remember this in the psp version they recreated scenes from the movies that you could play through oh i don't remember this yeah that was the the exclusive to uh that version wow i i I never listen i never had a psp myself so i couldn't tell you about that i just remember i just remember that that version existed and being like how the hell are they gonna get the force unleashed on a psp Mm -hmm. um but if wow. you're, you know, if you're into like a graphical spectacle and like you want the best graphics and perhaps like the most um, complex gameplay, like obviously PS3, Xbox 360, still the best version of the game. You could pick it up on like Steam for like four bucks, I think, right. nowadays. So it's like, go for that version. But if you want the motion control experience and you want something that's perhaps like a bit more cinematically, uh, more in line with George Lucas's Star Wars movies, I'd say go for this one. But yeah, both versions, you can't go wrong with either one. The only one you can go wrong with is the DS because horrifying. 
<laughs> Again, and you've you've piqued my curiosity. I definitely <laughs> want to see. It's one of the <laughs> ugliest looking monstrosities. It's one of those from the DS era. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely intrigued uh, by that. Um, anything else we got to say about the Force Unleashed other than like if you like Star Wars and you want to do something different, check this game out. Uh, the voice acting is really good, in my opinion. It's good for the most part. It's good. You know, I think I the agree. most well, part. Of it. Again, yeah. I think it captures that Star Warsiness of it all. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty melodramatic, but it works. Yeah, and Sam Witwer, um, I love how he voices both Starkiller and the Emperor. <laughs> he's great, he's great. And I, yeah. I love... Um, and he went on to voice Darth Maul, and he, he's just fantastic. He's a good, yeah, very good voice actor. Um, I love the uh, the droid proxy. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Campbell, uh, Starkiller has kind of a, I don't know, I would call him uh, I would call him a, C, a C-3PO-like uh, humanoid droid who's just like okay. very snarky and very like, oh, master, like da-da-da-da, like it's great. Um, of course, with the, with the twist of uh, Proxy is trying to kill uh, Starkiller at any given moment. Just um, like C-3PO, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's trying to, he's like provided by like Darth Vader and he's like trying exactly. to train him and just like make sure that he uh, stays in line. But like they do have like a friendship and like a, an arc together. A friendship with someone or some robot that's trying to kill you. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. <laughs> And he also, he could transform into like anyone or proje- project like a uh, like a very realistic looking hologram onto himself. Wait, the the more you guys say about this game, the less sense it makes. The less <laughs> I can believe that it's a real thing. It's a real <laughs> that thing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, it's it's a wild game, man. It's it's really fun. I I would say it's it's a it's a fun time. Um, and it's uh, it's not that long. It's just like. Like back back in the good old days of games when they were not forty hours to beat, you could just kind of crank through this game in a weekend if you got nothing better to do. Like it's it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as as Mark alluded to, very cinematic. Like it, it like even though it's obviously longer than a movie, it does have kind of that cinematic quality of like the the pacing is really good. Um, it's just fun. Like overall, it's just a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably. We should probably stop there about The Force Unleashed. Um, Perhaps we'll come back to it another time. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to wrap up this episode with a little indie spotlight for you all as I talk about a game I've been playing, Cat Cafe Manager. Hang tight. We'll be right back. (laughs) What a difference from the rest of the episode. The opposite. The opposite. (laughs) Totally uh, natural. Get everyone by surprise.
Question I would like to pose to either of you gentlemen. Uh, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, have either of you managed to get some time into Pokemon Cafe Remix? No. <laughs> sounds sounds like a no. It's a no yeah. from Mark. Is that a no from Campbell nope, as well? That is a no from Campbell as well. Ah, okay. Mm, that's I, the I, reason it, why I've been riddled with depression the past. <laughs> I'm saying, dude, <laughs> Campbell, uh, Pokemon Cafe Remix will cure your depression, and that is a guarantee. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it might be interesting to bring up that game in relation to the game that I'm going to talk about, which is Cat Cafe Manager. Uh, similar games, uh, and yet very different games. Uh, so Cat Cafe Manager... Mark reached out to me a couple of weeks ago about this game, yes. being like, well, "Well, and it's funny, okay, because uh, in my in my real life, in my in my day job, I am a restaurant manager, a cafe manager, and I also have two cats. So, who better to talk about Cat Cafe Manager than a guy who has cats and manages a cafe? And I gotta say, this game is uh, scratching a very particular itch for me in a good way. I was not sold on this game until a couple I, I had to give it I had to I had to restart it before I kind of grappled with what I was looking at here. So Cat Cafe Manager, how it works it, in, in kind of like Stardew Valley, uh, your player character uh, is is summoned to an old to a, a, a town that they do not live in. and their grandma has left them a plot of land to be like, hey, I used to run this cat cafe here. Would you rebuild it? Like it would be, it would mean a lot to me if you would rebuild this, like this cat cafe. And uh, so you, as the player character, are free to do just that. And what that means is you are gathering materials from the land, from the town that you are in. You are constructing the cafe to uh, to your aesthetic liking, and you are uh, interacting with customers from the nearby town and serving them and and. Uh, you know, satisfying them and ta- and talking to them t- about their about their issues, and uh, so it's that with cats. Uh, have any of you been to a real life cat cafe? No, but I'm dying to go to a quirky cafe. Yeah. Oh, a quirky, okay. So yeah, so I would say in the last few years, this has been a thing that has kind of popped up recently, especially. And again, I, I live in in, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, California, and, and this is a thing in this town. You can go to a to a cat cafe. Where you go and you play with kitty cats and you have a latte, and then as you're trying to leave, they ask you to adopt a cat. Um, mm-hmm. This is literally how we adopted our second cat. Was going to a cat, oh. <laughs> going to wow. a cat cafe. Not even kidding. My uh, my wife and I were walking through downtown LA, and we hap- like apropos of nothing, we walked past a cat cafe and we we're like, well. We could spend half an hour here. Like, we'll just pop our head in. <laughs> and uh, by the end of the night, we were like, well, I guess we can adopt a second cat. Like, th- these are, this is a real, this is a real thing that exists. Like, a cat cafe is a real thing. Did he have, like, uh, a cafe-esque uh, name? The place where I, I don't remember. It was a couple years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that it did, but I don't remember. What's the um, cat's name? My cat's name is Fawn. Right, right. Um, uh, so nothing related to cafes, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> should have should have called her coffee or, I was or, say, or call her cappuccino or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nope, <laughs> nothing, none of that. 
At any rate, uh, I mean, I gotta go to LA now. Is what I'm getting out of this. The, what I'm trying to so. say is they're they're out here. Yeah, we got cat cafes. Um, <laughs> so uh, and interestingly, this game also encourages that because like you're building this cafe, you're adopting stray cats, you're 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 feeding them, you're petting them, and then as the game goes on, you are finding those cats permanent homes, which is kind of adorable. Uh, like there's a there's a community notice board. In the game, basically, how this game works is there's two main like phases. There's like the cafe part, and there's the town part. And in town, you're you're uh, you're you're going to different menus. You're purchasing furniture. You're purchasing uh, you know coffee beans and tea leaves for your cafe. And you're also dealing with like the notice board where it's like people being like, "Hey, I, I'd love to work at your cafe," or like, "Hey, I'm looking for a cat. I, I would love to to adopt a cat." And it's like, "Ah, I have raised several cats in my cafe." Like allow me to to gift you one of these cats that I've raised. Um, and uh, it's it's very wholesome. It's very cute. It's very soothing. I think, to, to go back to a, a, a thing I was saying earlier, this game did not hook me at first. Uh, I, I started it up, this is partially my own fault, I started it up like at night, and it instantly put me to sleep. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was tired, like, I don't know. I'll try it again. Tried it again, same problem. I was like, okay, maybe it's maybe it's my own fault. I need to start playing this game in like the daylight hours. Uh, so I started a new file. I was like, I'm gonna give this game fresh eyes. I'm gonna start a brand new cafe. And I started in the afternoon. And next thing I knew, like three hours had gone by. I built up this big old cafe. I've adopted two cats. I've got six regulars coming to my cafe regularly. It's like the difference between like, okay, I'm gonna like actively engage with this game really makes a difference. Once you start kind of understanding the systems at play, it becomes a lot more engaging and a lot more fun. I think I was kind of looking at it as more of like a passive thing. And uh, it's it's kind of not that. I, I would I would honestly compare this game to a real-time strategy game more so than like an idle game. I thought it was more of an idle game um, or something like, to, 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 to reference a, a game I mentioned earlier, something more like Pokemon Cafe Remix, which is kind of like you turn it on, you move your finger around the screen, you get some new Pokemon, you call it a day. This game, like, you have to kind of manage systems a little bit more, uh, which is fun. Uh, I, I forget, I, are you guys into, into like, old-school RTS games, Command & Conquer, StarCraft, any of that stuff? No. Not particularly, no. I wouldn't mind playing one, but sure. I'm not, like, but, into uh, that. I, I reviewed I, one a few years ago, and I did mind playing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but if you to get me, cats involved, I may enjoy it. So. To me, I feel like those games, the heyday was kind of more like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, this game, I'm not saying that it is a real-time strategy, but it kind of reminds me of that. Where, like, basically what happened, once you hire a couple of uh, employees in your cafe... You don't have to do a whole lot um, because you have servers. Like how, how the game works until you hire your first employee is like you, the player, are doing everything. You're feeding the cats. You're making the coffee. You're talking to the customers. You are uh, running to the phone booth to answer the phone. Um, however, as the game goes on and you start to like build up some resources, you can like hire little employees from the nearby town and they will do all that stuff for you. So it's like rather than having to go to run to every table and interact with every customer, you have like servers to do that for you. And and then the game kind of elevates into, okay, instead of, you know, me, the player, having to manually do every little thing, it's like, okay, how can I leverage this extra labor that I have 
into making a nicer and nicer cafe or, you know, de- uh, 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 developing the regulars, uh, d- fulfilling those relationships in, in more interesting ways. Um, it's really interesting. I, I can see myself really falling into this game more than I anticipated when I first started playing it. Um, it did not hook me right away, but after spending a little more time with it, I'm I'm very much enjoying it. The vibes are very chill vibes. The music is good. It's kind of like lo-fi beats to manage a cat cafe to, you know. Uh, the dialogue is funny. Um, <laughs> there are six different types of uh, customers that can come to your cafe. Artists, punk rockers, uh, vagabonds, business people, <laughs> witches... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fishermen, you know the, the six type of, of people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's who comes into every cafe. That's yeah. Those are the yeah. six types of customers that come into every cafe. I, and I could say this because again, I manage a cafe as a real job. <laughs> uh, and and they they all pay you in different currency. So <laughs> fishermen pay you in fishes. Uh, business people pay you in gold. <laughs> Uh, vagabonds pay you in scraps of fabric, like okay, wait, stuff like that. What is happening to the local economy around <laughs> this cat cafe? <laughs> right, uh, and uh, and then you just you know you're turning that currency into, you know, into into like basically basically it's all aesthetic. At the end of the day, this is mostly an aesthetic <laughs> game. Like truthfully, so like. like and Cameron, you can confirm that works in real life, right? Because next oh, yeah, time I no. see you at your cafe, I'm oh, gonna yeah, come you, in you can, with yeah. three rupees and a paper clip and expect yeah, that yeah. it works. And, and I'll like accept raw it. fish. <laughs> and I will and I will in turn sell that raw fish to my vendors to get nicer <laughs> tables. That's how it works. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. To uh, to upgrade my my tile flooring into something different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you're basically like farming currency and turning that currency into like nicer aesthetics like ultimately that's that's like more or less what this game turns into um mm-hmm. uh you can one of the fun things you can do is kind of um you can post different advertisements to attract different kinds of customers so if it's like oh i i need to attract more fishermen so that i can get more fishes to buy more cat food uh, so you can like put a flyer on the board that's like, "Hey, fishermen, come to my cafe." And it's like, "Oh no, I'm getting too many fishermen. I need to attract more business people." You can like take down that flyer, post a new flyer to attract business people to get more gold. It's like it's kind of fun managing like the different kinds of uh, customers you want to come to your cafe. Um, the other like kind of the other layer of this thing you're trying to do is uh, at the end of every quote unquote day, at the end of every in-game day. You're kind of given a rating. Like, here's how well you served your customers today. Uh, from, like, I think it's, like, F to to A ranking. I could be wrong. It's just off the top of my head. Um, I'm so far averaging, like, B ratings. It's, you know, pretty good. Uh, but I could be better. And uh, and obviously, the, the way you get better is by, like, offering more efficient service. Um, by by uh, fostering different kinds of cats that appeal to different types of customers. Like, <laughs> as the game goes on... Um, you can adopt different strays, and those strays have different like affinities with different types of customers. So you might get some stray cats that are very into witches. You might get some stray cats that like, you know, they're like little, uh, like they, they business people like them more, like that kind of thing. So like even even your cats have stats, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> your cats you can, like, have stats is such a beautiful sentence. The cats have stats. And you can raise the stats by, uh, you know, by letting them interact with customers. It's kind of like this fun feedback loop. Like the cats make the customers feel more fulfilled. 
if the customers feel for, more fulfilled, you can uh, upgrade, you can train the cats and uh, increase your the levels of your employees. Like, it's this really fun, like, never-ending feedback loop. The game has no fail state, so you, you never have to worry about, like, oh, no, like, my cafe is failing. Like, what am I going to do? Like, it, it is kind of, uh, I, I suppose it's, it's sort of a nod to Stardew, or to Animal Crossing in the way that, like, you can't, you can't, like, get a game over in this game, you know? Um, which is kind of nice. It's, it's, it's nice to, even, even though you have to deal with the stress of, like, oh, gosh, how am I going to manage all my employees? And, like, I hope I don't, you know, I hope that employee, or hope that customer doesn't leave me a bad rating or anything like that. It's, like, you can't, like, fail the game. You know, because the economy is already crumbled, clearly, yeah. as you've described it. <laughs> the economy—it's not a worry. Crumbled. Yeah, it's not a worry. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, exactly. The cats have destroyed the economy. Yes. Yes, it's it's uh, there, there is some <laughs> there's some like weird lore in this game. To be honest, um, there's like it, it, listen, uh, there's some deep lore. If you if you want to get into the the uh, the world of Cat Cafe Manager, there is some deep lore. <laughs> Uh, which I, which you know, again, no spoilers here is on this like podcast. Is there any class tension between the fishermen and the businessmen or something? Listen, all I'm saying is there, <laughs> there might be a, there might be like a cat god that you're dealing with who's like back in Whoa. the olden times. The cats used to rule this land. Like, and listen, no spoilers. Happened? No spoilers. Capitalism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leave so, it to Campbell to, to find the most Pokemon. important question, though, Cameron. Yes, how yes, does yes. one pet the cat? You can Ooh. simply walk up to the cat and hold down. I think it's Y. Might Perfect. Be X. Because why not pet the cat? It's already oh, better boy. than Breath of the Wild. Yes, exactly. You can you can, you can pet <laughs> the animals in this game, and they love it. Um, in fact, that's how you that is how you adopt stray cats. Is you put out food in a bowl outside your cafe. Stray cats will kind of come creeping up, and then you. It is up to the player to foster those those make the cats gain your trust by uh, by petting them and loving them for like a couple days in a row before they before they uh, deem you worthy of uh, joining your cafe. Um, it's a chill time. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, it's uh I don't know. You you have to kind of like this kind of game. It's like again, it's like half idle game, half real time strategy. Uh, at the end of the day, I think a lot of your enjoyment is kind of going to come down to like, how much do you care about customizing what your cafe looks like? <laughs> you know, well, no, seriously, like, like some people play a game for like the story or like the fun, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the, the amazing gameplay. This game doesn't have like the most engaging gameplay. It's a lot of like, you're going, you're going to, you're, you're, you're pressing a button to place a chair. You're pressing a button to talk to a customer. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not like. You're managing super satisfying gameplay or anything like it's that. It's like a mix it's... of uh, Animal Crossing and what's that Fallout game? The 2D one that they made. Shelter. Fallout Shelter. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's a, that's an appropriate comparison. H- having never played Fallout Shelter, I, I can't super speak to that, but uh, but the the vibe is is kind of like that. Um, but it's it's again, it's one of those games where I, I did not anticipate spending more than two hours playing this game yesterday and yet i did through <laughs> literally it was just like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little time in this game before we record the next day and like two hours had gone by i was like what the hell like it really does fly by uh like that so it's 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 a fun time it, it's funny like the the writing is pretty funny the characters are very cute and engaging the cats are cute like it's it's a, it's a nice time um so if, if you want like a chill vi- again there's so many giant 
video games out lately, if you're hardcore into Elden Ring, maybe you want to relax with a little bit of Cat Cafe Manager. You know, it's 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 like the perfect counterpart to like this giant uh, games that are out lately. So it's a fun time. I I recommend it. Mm-hmm. If that's your thing, or you can you know pick up a guy and throw him off a ledge and before suddenly he's oh, the well, ultimate edge lord. <laughs> you either snuggle a cat or you throw a man off of a bridge. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, the duality of man. Yes, uh, that, honestly, that's been that's been my week lately. To be honest, <laughs> is uh, force lightning in Rodians uh, until they disintegrate and uh, <laughs> attracting stray cats in my cafe to foster them to loving homes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those are the two the two sides of uh, of Cameron. So yeah, um, Cat Cafe Manager. It's a fun time playing on Switch. No no glitches or, or issues. Like it's a per- perfect for Switch. Like it's very much like one of those like oh yeah, you see this game, you get it on Switch. Like perfect. Um, so yeah, it's Cat Cafe Manager. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. Uh, I guess we should probably wrap it up there. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. It's probably a good enough time to to wrap up the show. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. I'm also over, I'm also over on uh, Elon Musk's Twitter, uh, at Action, <laughs> oh, no. action Daxon. Uh, Campbell, where can people find you? Oh, well, I'm going first again. I'm honored. But Got to yes, keep it consistent. Can, uh, love the consistency. Yeah, you can find my games writing at Goombastomp.com. I've got an indie game spotlight that went up pretty recently. Stay tuned for some exciting reviews and stuff I've got coming soon that I can't talk about just yet. So uh, Ooh, keep an eye out for that you can also find me on elon musk's twitter uh i will shortly be fomenting the rebellion against our capitalist overlords over there but um <laughs> yes but if you want to find me there i'm at campbell Skill, uppercase csg lovely and mark what about yourself you can find me at the mark that of course is mark with the c cal with the k you can find me over on instagram and twitter and uh right now up on the website you can find all my kirby coverage i haven't been able to post much new stuff but that's because in uh by the time this podcast is out i could say it we'll be talking about book snacks next week finally finally and you can find my review of the force unleashed of course over on goodstomp.com man what a what a goddamn delight. I love that game. Uh, N-Express is also on Twitter, Elon Musk's Twitter. We are at N-Express Nintendo. Uh, we are, of course, available to download, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. So thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you.